welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Praise the Lord. Take your Bible with me. 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 9 and we're going to read verse through verse 11. If you got it, give me a loud amen. All right, we got one person in the building. When you got it, give me a loud amen. That's about 10 of you. When you got it, give me a loud amen. Praise the Lord. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Let's pray. Father, tonight... We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we simply ask you to continue to do what you started already. We pray as we prepare for uh, Prayer Summit 2024 that you prepare us first. That as we labor throughout this weekend, that our labor of love would bless those that are coming from all over the world. We pray for your presence, your power, your authority, and your anointing. We ask this in Jesus' name. We all say and amen. You know, as we prepare tonight, we've, like I said, we've fasted, we've prayed, we've prepared our hearts. And, and I believe this is that just as pastors continue to say is that we're in miracle territory. We're believing for supernatural moves of God. We're believing, it's okay to get excited about that, amen. It, we're believing that God is going to do nothing short of a miracle. See, your impossibility is simply permission for God to step in and to do what is impossible with man and make it possible with God. And so as we pray, as we fast, as we continue to believe, and even as we walk into this weekend, we're believing God for miracles. We are stepping in to allow God to work a miracle in our midst. Amen? So we open up this portion of Scripture, and as many of you might know, it's the, the story of Hannah she was a woman that was barren, right? To give you some backstory, uh, she was married to a man named Elkanah. And, and so it was uh, year by year they would go up to the temple and they would offer sacrifices. And, and so inside the family, he had, he had two wives. Don't get no ideas. He had two wives. The man liked drama. Come on, somebody. He had two wives. And one of his wives had, the, the Bible says that she had sons and daughters, Right? In Hebrew culture, they would consider you blessed if you had children, but you were doubly blessed if you had a male child. So she had sons and she had daughters. So she was blessed, blessed. Amen? And when it came to Hannah, the Bible says that she had no children, that she was barren, that her womb was closed. And so every year they would go up to the temple and they would offer sacrifices to the Lord. The, the man of God would give his one wife with, a, with a plenty of children. He'd give her uh, her sacrifices, but he would give a double portion to Hannah. So that showed there that she was favored by her husband. And so it, it wasn't normally the case because normally when a woman was barren, she, was in, she wasn't looked favorably upon. 
She was kind of shunned because something had to be wrong with her. There was something that wasn't working. So maybe God was chastising her. Maybe uh, she had done something wrong, and so God had shut her womb and made her barren, and so now she was bearing the brunt of her sin or her disobedience. But here in this portion of Scripture, the Bible tells us that one wife, uh, her name was Penaniah, she had, she had plenty of sons and daughters, but Hannah had none. And so as time is going on, they, they would go up into the temple and they would continue to offer their sacrifices. But in this story, the Bible says that, that the, the one wife provoked the other and she began to weep and she refused to eat. And so in verse 8, her husband asked her, what, he said, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? He said, am I not better than ten sons? And, and in this portion of scripture, he was basically telling her, like, like what's wrong? What, what have I done wrong that you would allow yourself to suffer in this manner? And so it was because of the, 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 uh, the, protect, the, the antagonization of the other wife. And so she was downtrodden. She was not feeling well about her situation. And, you know, tonight as we look at this portion of, of scripture, the title of my message is Hannah's Prayer. Because I believe that we're about to walk into supernatural territory. We're about to walk into what seems to be impossible. We're going to allow God to step into our scenario and create the possibilities that, that only he can create. Amen? And so here in, in this portion, she was going through a time of hardship. She was probably not understanding why she was suffering or why her womb wasn't open or why she can provide a child to her husband. And in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, it says this, And not only in this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that our tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom was given to us. You know, sometimes we might not understand our situation. We might not understand what we're going through. Sometimes we might not even understand the seasons that we're in. But the Bible says that we are to exalt not only in this, but also to exalt in your tribulation. See, when you're going through the fire and when you don't feel good, it's okay to praise God. But when you're in the middle of a storm, it's okay to say, God, you're still worthy. It, when you're going through something you just don't understand and maybe you don't got answers to, it's okay to throw up your hands and say, God, you're still worthy. If you see me through the fire, then God, I praise you. But if, if you choose not to just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they said, If our God does not answer, it's okay because I'm not gonna bow my knee to no other God. And they praised God in the midst of the fire, in the midst of what they were going through. But see, their God was faithful. You see, they, when they looked into that fire, there was a fourth man in the fire. God didn't leave them by themselves. And, and exactly where you're at, no matter what you're going through, if you look around in the fire, I bet there's someone standing alongside you. His name is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. He's right by your side. He's there to hold your hands. He's here. He's there to lift you up. He's there to cover you. He's there to protect you. He's there to provide for you. But if you just look from in the midst of what you're going through and give him some praise in this building. I think sometimes in our Christianity, it's hard to praise him for where we're at. 
You know, when you lost your job or when you lost a loved one or, or maybe the, the bills aren't getting paid and, and things aren't going in the direction that you wanted them to, it's hard to lift up your hands and say, Jesus, you are worthy. Can I get a witness in the building? See, I, I remember one time I was, I was uh, running a discipleship home and, and, and I had for a little bit been trying to get the okay to date my wife, right? Come on, somebody, right? I asked permission. It got silent in the building. Hallelujah. And I was waiting for the okay. I was waiting for the go-ahead. And I was, right, I was, I was on the racing blocks. I was ready to run. But I wasn't going to run until they said. So I had already made that mistake once. Come on, somebody. And I was waiting. And I remember that day I went to work. Got called in the office. They called me in. And they, they began to talked to me about my performance for that year and they said you know it's a new company and and there's some changes we need to make and so part of those changes is we're gonna have to let you go I was like what what could I say tried to get on the bus right I, I was working in in, in uh, Hollywood right as a matter of fact right around the corner from third wave Hollywood I was working right there had to jump on the bus, about an hour and 15 minute ride home. I was beat up. I was like, man, I was so discouraged. Walk in the house. One of the guys says, hey, can I talk to you real quick? I got something to tell you. He pulls me. I, we walk into my room. I said, what's up, man? What's going on? He says, hey, you know what? I messed up. I got a girl pregnant. I got to move out. I'm like, whoa, wait, what happened, bro? Like, wh where did this come from? And he's like, that's it. I got to go. And then another guy walked in and said, hey, I got to move out too. I was like, wait, like, okay, whoa. I just lost my, can anybody have sympathy for me? I just lost my job. Can somebody ask me how my day's going, right? And I'm just like, wow, I'm bummed out. And I used to keep all the money, right, in, in a certain place. And I go to get, to get the rent because it was time to pay the rent. I pull it out. All my jewelry's gone. The rent money's gone. The dude that stole it bounced. And I'm like, no way is this happening today. Like, I can't, nobody, did anybody see this guy? Nobody saw him. He, you know, I guess he had snuck in in the middle of the day. And I'm just, I, I can't believe it. I, I, I try to get ready, come out the shower. I'm getting dressed. Everybody leaves. So now I got to take the bus to church, right? Nobody offered me a ride. They all figured I'll let him get his own, right? So now I got to take, get, and I'm like, I can't believe this. This is just that day. This is just that day, and I was scheduled to lead worship that, that night. I walk in the door. I'm probably about five minutes before service. I'm rushing in. I'm sweating because I had to run from the bus stop, and I'm running by the pastor's door. And he says, hey, Rams, let me ask you a question. I said, what's up? And he said, uh, uh, you still want to date that girl? And I said, not, not right now. I, I Man. And he said, you got my blessings. And I couldn't be happy. I, I was just like, like this cloud following me onto the pulpit. And he said, come on, everybody, let's just stand and let's worship the Lord. And I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry so bad. But even in the midst of that fire, I had to stand up before the people. And I still had to lead the people into worship. I said, come on, let's lift up my Because you know what? At the end of the day, whether I had a job, whether it took me forever to get to home, to church, right? Whether the dude stole the, the, the money for the rent, that guy split, the other guy split. But regardless of everything that happened, the God that we serve is still alive and well. 
You got to praise him in the midst of what you're going through. Because I believe this is that God was trying to do something inside of Hannah's life. See, because her prayer, as she began to pray before the Lord, the Bible says that she prayed so hard that only tears came out and there was no sound. That when the priest saw her, he thought she was drunk. Let me just give you a side note. Sometimes some of the stuff you're going through and you're praying and asking God for and you're, and you're standing in the gap and you're believing God for a miracle, some of your family is probably going to think that you're crazy. You should just give up. You should just tuck tail and run. You should, matter of fact, go back to what you were doing before. And I've had those times where I looked in my closet and I said, man, God, when I was in the world, I had all this stuff. But now that I'm serving you, I'm struggling. I don't get it, God. And God would just tell me, son, just keep moving forward. Son, just trust me. Son, just keep trucking. Son, just keep giving me praise. And in the midst of what I was going through, I had to give God praise. And in those instances, I remember at times my mom would tell me, Mijo, just come home. I couldn't go home. Because if I went back home, it was going back to Egypt. It was going back to the fellows. It was going back to what I came from. And I, I couldn't go back. I didn't want to go back. Peter said, where shall we go? Where you alone have the words of life. God's the only one that can change my life. He's the only one that rescued me. He's the only one that didn't give up. He's the only one that stepped in when the rest of the world walked out. She prayed. And see, year after year, she had gone to the temple. But this time was the last time. She said, I'm done. That's it. She went in and she prayed. The Bible says that she was moving her lips. And when Eli saw her, the Bible says that he perceived that she was drunk. Something's wrong with this lady. And so when he approached her, when he walked up and began to talk to her, she said this. She, in, in verse 15, it says, Hannah replied, no, my Lord, I, I'm, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. When's the last time you poured out your soul before God? Right? It's in those moments when you're at a breaking point, when you feel like throwing in the towel, when you, when you got your hand clutched on the towel and you're saying, God, if you don't come through, I'm ready to give up. It's in those moments. You better put that towel down, get on your face and begin to cry out to God. And you begin to tell the Lord, Lord, I don't got what it takes, but I need you to come alongside of me and uplift me and undergird me, God, and lead me. Because I know you have a plan and a purpose. Similar to the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years she suffered. She probably had no clue why she was suffering the way that she did. But it was setting the stage for the opportunity for the Messiah to come in. And just in a touch, right? If she could just touch the hem of his garment, her life was about to be changed. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how we ought to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He searches the hearts and he knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Well, you got no words to utter. Man, you, don't even, you, you probably can't even con keep control of your thoughts because you're about to lose your mind. It's when you get down and you say, Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. I don't have words to utter. I don't even know how to put a phrase or a sentence together because my mind's playing tricks on me. Right now, God, I need your help. I need you to help me right where I'm at. And sometimes, and I've had instances where I had nothing to say, but man, deep within my spirit, there was a groaning. Oh, there was beyond words beyond my capacity to understand but it was the Holy Spirit according to the scripture that was interceding according to the will of God it's not my will 
It's his will. See, I was, I was, when I was putting this together, I was reminded, those oldies, do you remember that song? Remember Benji's song? Right? The, the, the one that says, uh, uh, suddenly, a touch from heaven. Right? And I, I, I was thinking about that. Imagine that, that woman with the issue of blood, the, the struggles that she was going through. Hannah here, she was praying and interceding. But it was then in a moment where heaven suddenly touched and changed the moment. This woman who had been bleeding, this woman who had been a castaway, this woman who had been shunned was healed in an instant. This woman who had been barren, she uttered a prayer so much so that when the priest saw her, he thought something was wrong with her. But no, she was there saying, I got nowhere else to run. I got nowhere else to go. God, I need you and you are my hope and I need a touch from heaven. And suddenly, a touch from heaven. And I believe this is that as we continue to, to press in and pray and ask God about our situation and about our circumstances, when we go to him and no one else, we enable him to, to move and to operate in the way he, he anticipated for us to allow him to. Because he's a miracle worker. He's the God of impossibilities. He's the one who is able. Right? Matter of fact, the Bible says he's more than able. Right? He's more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine. That's the type of God that we serve. See, as she continued to pray, she continued to seek the face of God. Her, her prayer, it, it, she, went into, she went into a time of prayer, and we opened up with that, that portion of Scripture in verse 9. It says that she arose, and after eating and drinking in Shiloh, that she, it says Eli was sitting there, and the, the priest was sitting in the seat of the doorpost by the temple, and she was greatly distressed, and she prayed this and wept bitterly. She made a vow to the Lord. She said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. See, sometimes God allows us to go through circumstances to get our attention, to begin to build that character, to chisel those areas that maybe sometimes we don't want to let people into. It's the fine-tuning of the Holy Spirit. But, but she said this, it's, it's in those moments where we begin to pray, God, not my will, but thy will be done. She said, Lord, if you remember your maidservant and, and you give me a son, she says, I will allow him to, to, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. God, if you give it to me, I'll give it right back to you. I'm going to let that simmer for a little bit. And I felt this. I was telling my wife when I was preparing this, I felt the Holy Spirit drop this in my heart tonight. Is, is that some of us are praying amiss. As James talks about in James, I believe it's in 4.3, where he says you, you pray amiss, right, so that you could, you could heap it upon your own desires. But... But in actuality, if we're praying amiss, if we pray according to the will of God, as it said in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, then, then we begin to pray according to the will of God. When she said, God, if you give them to me, I'll give them back to you. She was, in essence, saying, God, if you bless my life, I'll lay it back at your altar. I'll allow you to do whatever it is that you want. I believe this, is that some of us are praying for our loved ones. Some of us are interceding and believing for, believing for a miracle inside of our children. 
our wayward sons and daughters, our prodigal sons and daughters, and we're saying, God, if you could just get a hold of them, Lord, right? We're praying for our loved ones to come to salvation. We're praying for miracles to take place. We're praying for impossibilities to take place. But my friend, let me just say this. You might be praying that they might end up in the house of God, but I believe that as they come into the house of God, God is going to send them to the four corners of the world. See, because it's not about you. It's not what you want. It's what God wants. And, and maybe you're praying, God, get a hold of my son. Get a hold of my daughter. God, get a hold of my mom. Get a hold of my dad. My friend, when you bring it before the Lord, you better have an open, an open hand policy and lay it before him and say, God, whatever it is that you want to do. God, if you save my son and you send him to the other part of the world, then so be it. God, if you do whatever it is that you want to do, I'm ready and I'm willing. God, if you take me from one part of town to the other, if you bless me with a job and, and it moves me in a different direction to, into your will and into your purpose and into your plan, and then, Lord, let it be your will and not my will be done. I believe that God's going to answer. And when he answers, we have to have an open-hand policy. Because some of our kids, some of our loved ones, they're not, they're not ours to keep. They're not ours to manage. They're, they're, in essence, being loaned to us. We are simply stewards of what God has given us. And so as he gives it to us, we give it back to him. And just like Hannah, we say, Lord, if you will then I'll make sure that they, they serve you for the rest of their life. I'll, I'll release them to you. I won't nag them and say, oh, you're going to church again. Oh, my goodness, you're going to do that again. What are they sending you now? Man, aren't you tired? Man, no, my friend, you prayed for them to come, to come to Christ. You prayed that the miracle would happen. You prayed that they would get saved. You prayed that they would get on fire. Well, this is an answer to your prayer. And just like Hannah, the Bible says that God did grant her prayer. He granted her request. And as a matter of fact, the, the answer to her prayer was the very prophet Samuel himself. He was a man who trailblazed there in Israel. He was able to, to lead kings and be able to instruct them. And he was able to be a mentor to them and a shepherd to them. But all she prayed for was a son. She prayed for a son and God gave her a mighty man of God. See what you're praying for. You might be praying on this level, but God's got a whole bunch of levels ahead of you. And he's saying, man, I'm going to take your prayer and I'm going to pump it up with faith. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to meet not only the needs, but I'm going to go over and beyond. I'm going to blow your mind because you were believing for a miracle. But let me show you what I'm capable of doing. See, tonight I, I believe that as we're gathered in this place, God is going to stir our faith to believe for our personal needs. But not just our personal needs, but the, but the needs of this house. And as we're praying and as we're interceding, we're also going to cultivate an atmosphere so that when people walk in through these doors tomorrow night, no matter where they're coming from, no matter what state they're in, they're going to walk through those doors and they're going to sense the presence of Almighty God. They're going to sense that they're home. They're going to sense that they're in Mama's house. I don't know about you, but when I go to Mama's house, I can kick my shoes off. I'll go to the, I'll go into the refrigerator, the snack cabinets. I'll make myself at home. Why? Because I'm okay when I'm at mom's house why because if you mess with me you're gonna mess with my mom and my mom she's a mean woman come on somebody right and and so you know this is as they walk through the door they're walking to a place where they're comfortable where they know hey i'm covered these th this family got me covered and they're gonna make sure that i'm okay these next few days because these next few days i believe are gonna be revolutionary not just for our church but for our ministry why don't we stand tonight amen
I sense the presence of the Holy Ghost in this building. I really do. I sense God in this building. And I believe tonight that, that what we're going to do is we're going to put in some work. How many of you guys like to put in work? How many of you guys are afraid of putting in work? Work never hurt nobody. And I believe tonight we're going to set an atmosphere. We're going to set this room on fire. Matter of fact, we're going to set this campus on fire. Miracles are going to start tonight. Miracles, miracles are going to start tonight that tomorrow when people walk into this building, they're going to say, I don't know what it was, but on Wednesday night, the Holy Spirit just, boom, touched me. You want to know why? It's because our faith. We're going to lock our faith as a family, as the mother church, and we're going to believe for miracles, signs and wonders, the supernatural. We're going to believe God for impossibilities. So tonight, I want you to, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to pray. But I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. Hallelujah. I can sense God already in this building. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I see a, a lot of new faces in this building. It's, here's what we're going to do. You know, when we get into a time of prayer, the altars are normally open. But if you want to come and find a place to kneel down or to, to find a place to pray, then I'm going to encourage you to do so. But if you want to stay in your seats, you're more than welcome to. But right now, I want you to lift up your hands and begin to just worship the Lord right there where you're at. We talked about worshiping him regardless of what we're going through. Tonight, saints, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what we may be going through, he still deserves to be worshipped. So I want you to lift up your hands right there where you're at and just begin to worship and begin to tell him that he's worthy. Begin to tell him that he's good. Come on, I believe that as you begin to declare that, as you begin to tell him how good he is, the Spirit of God's going to begin to break you right now. God's going to begin to touch you. Come on, we're going to take a few moments and we're going to begin to magnify his name in this place. If you don't know what to say, then say, God, I thank you. God, you're so good. Just be reminded of the goodness of God. So right there where you're at, come on, lift up your hands. Come on, it might, it might feel weird the first time, but I guarantee you, when you lift up your hands and you begin to tell God how wonderful He is, the Spirit of God is going to begin to touch you. I want you to begin to thank Him for what you're going through. Some of you need to thank God for the storm that you're in. Some of you need to thank God for, for the struggle you might be experiencing. Because if it had not been for that struggle, if it had not been for that storm, you wouldn't know how big your God is. You would have no idea how far you've come. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. Come on, those of you that are at home. He will never fail. I want you to turn I your living room. Your office space, wherever you're at, I want you to turn it into an altar right now. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord right there where you're at. If you're in the break room, I want you to take a few moments, just close your eyes, and begin to lift up your hands. Wherever you're watching from, wherever it is that you, you, you're able to log in from. I know some of you are at work, some of you are at home. 
I know some of you right now are recovering from surgeries or procedures, and I'm going to encourage you right there where you're at. Just begin to lift up your hands and begin to tell God that you're grateful. Begin to tell God how wonderful he is and how merciful he is. Come on, right there where you're at. Just begin to say, thank you, Lord. I thank you for the struggles. I thank you for the warfare. I thank you, God, for the challenges that I'm facing. Because now I'm able to see how big you are, Lord. Come on, right there where you're at. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.